The Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. So here we are, spring break week, and there's some amazing flavors this week at Crumble Cookies. On the menu, sea salt toffee, a delicious infusion of toffee and milk chocolate chips topped with a dash of sea salt. They also have the lemon poppy seeds. So this is a lemon cookie, and they pack it with those yummy poppy seeds, mm. and then they stuff it with the lemony filling, and they smother that in a lemon and almond glaze. How about the cookie called the monster? Mm. All the flavors you could ask for, peanut butter, chocolate candies, semi-sweet chocolate chunks, brown sugar, and oatmeal all rolled into one. They also have the Texas sheet cake. This is a warm, cakey chocolate cookie that has a fudgy glaze and crunchy toasted pecans on top. How about the raspberry cheesecake? A deliciously decadent jamboree, including a buttery graham cracker cookie, smooth vanilla cheesecake frosting, and a dollop of fresh raspberry jam. They also have the classic pink sugar this week. It's a big time favorite at Crumble. It's a vanilla sugar cookie that they top with that perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And of course, the signature milk chocolate chip. You can't go wrong with this one. It's thick, it's soft, and packed with milk chocolate chips. You can check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download their app and you can order online and save yourself some time. Or go to the website, which is crumblecookies.com. You're listening to Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is March the 22nd of 2023. Glad you guys are hanging with us on what really is an appropriate day for us because today is National Goof Off Day. Hey! And there ain't two better people to goof off with than us. That's true. All right, first thought of the day, KP, go. So my laptop is old, and I need a new one, like bad. Like both of us are actually having laptop issues, right? Yeah. All right, so mine's almost nine years old. So as I was searching online on my old laptop for a new laptop, I'm basically showing my old laptop in front of me to start digging its own grave, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. So it's like... Am I looking? Does it know that I'm looking for an upgraded model, a newer version? And it's like, oh, I'll show you. Watch this. And then it just turns itself off. Like It could be that. <laughs> because if you do that with a girl, they're oh. going to be very fired up. I would imagine your laptop is much like a girl. It, yeah, I'm sure it is. But you never know. Those That AI and all that kind of stuff, you never know. It could be like, oh, you're trying to upgrade me? Well, get, guess what? I'm going to quit early. Boom. What if that happens? Oh. Like both of us have known for months that we're having issues. Probably about a year, Brandon. <laughs> I tried to update my BIOS this morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, maybe this will fix all my issues. Yeah. Because I have an issue with just like certain keys. And the normal keys that don't work for me are like the dot, the period, the C, Ooh, and the M. Yeah. What's in pretty much every email address or website address? Okay. C-O-M. Right. Exactly. So, so having issues, yeah. First thought of the day, double B, Go. So, cookie cakes. They're pretty good, right? Mm, Yes. So, my wife ran out to grab some dinner last night, and uh, when she got back, she brought a cookie cake. And I thought, wait a minute, does this place now serve cookie cakes? And what I found out was, no, she made a pit stop on the way home, 
and picked up a cookie cake. That's at what I'm talking about. The place that's right by the house. And I'm going, hang on a second. Like, do you only get cookie cakes when it's time for celebrations? Like, if it's a birthday, if it's an anniversary, if it's, you know, something for work. Like, do you just get cookie cakes because they're cookie cakes? Well, typically, I just get them for a celebration. But maybe we need to take after your wife and just get cookie cakes for just no occasion. Maybe that's it. Huh. I don't know. But I, I can Did tell you, you bring that, any? Uh, well, I already had some this morning. Oh, thanks. Most of it was gone. Because I think Kai kept sneaking down throughout the night hmm. and grabbing cookie cakes. Gotcha. I'm like, Kai, don't get too big of a piece. Lots of icing or no icing? Uh, this one had quite a bit of icing. But mainly around the edges. And sometimes I take the icing and I spread it all the way across the cookie. Oh. That way it's an even distribution of the wow. icing. Okay. So I'm thinking about that. We could always run by Crumble this morning. They have all Ooh. kinds of flavors. <laughs> yes. There's something for me, something for you. Everyone. Something borrowed, something blue. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Good that's try. A, it's a wedding thing, right? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Huh. Hello? Hello? <laughs> well, some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I was watching Porky's last night. <laughs> you were not. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the podcast and one of the first things was, you know, Porky's, I was like, you know what? There's going to be people who remember that movie fondly from the early 80s. And, you know, I tell you that you always remind me, you do things that remind me of my dad. Well, when I talked to my brother yesterday, I was like, Kyle, do you remember, like, I told him about Porky's and what you said on the radio. And he goes, Kelly, he goes, I remember when dad rented that. Yeah. And he goes, I remember seeing Porky's and going, dad, can I watch this? And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> and that would be your one of your favorite movies. No, I didn't say it was one of my favorites. <laughs> I said it was a movie that me and my friend Joe would go and we would have that fake note to rent. Uh-huh. So I believe was Porky's the name of the restaurant. I think there's there's got to be some reason why it was that. Put that in real Wait, quick. Wait, Porky's the restaurant? I think maybe it was like a barbecue shop. I thought it was Corky's. No, that's a different spot. That was a oh. place that was based in Memphis. Porky's uh, movie barbecue restaurant. menu. I don't think it's going to be that. Oh, there is a Porky's barbecue. Well, I think, it, but I think the movie was based on that. Anyway, okay. Porky's has never had so much love on the radio in at least probably probably the last forty years. <laughs> Hey, I saw a deal this morning that a lot of people are getting uh, fed up with trying to buy tickets to concerts. Hey, I'm one of them. I know. And, uh, you know, it's tougher to get tickets. We, we struggle with that. Um, the first time I remember really having an issue trying to get tickets was the, the first tour. Morgan Wallen yeah. was out as a headliner, right? And we were looking at all these different venues and like, golly, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Because based on demand and what they call dynamic ticket pricing, uh, they can scale ticket prices based on the number of people who want to go. Of course they can. And then you have you know, people worried about the bots and all the mm-hmm. different things that happen with that. So there, a lot of times, and I think you feel the same way, a lot of times like the biggest fans are having the most trouble getting tickets. Correct. So, uh, but then if you want to go and it's like, let's say it's a great show that you really want to go and see, uh, you're going to pay more money than you have in the past. You're going to sit at the very top for $900. No, right. So <laughs> what people are doing, according to this one thing I was reading this morning, a lot of people are flying off to Europe to watch their favorite artists in concert. And the mm. reason people are doing this is because number one, they can get cheaper tickets because, uh, in Europe they have much better consumer protection laws. So, like, they're trying to take care of the people who really want to go to the shows, and people are getting an experience out of it as well. So, not only are you getting to go see the person you want to go see in concert, but you're also going to Europe. That's it. 
I'm going. So it's kind of something to think about. Now, of course, that can be different based on, you know, flights yeah. and how far out you book and all that kind of stuff. But like one person, a content creator was talking about how uh, they bought tickets to see Jay-Z and Beyonce uh, for like 92 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And tickets, if you want to go see them in Dallas, are 900. OK, gosh. So let's say you're going to take, you know, you're going to buy two or three tickets or something like that no. to take the family. It becomes extremely cost prohibitive. To try to go to a show. Would you like to go to one concert this year or Disney World for seven days? Right. And that's what's kind of crazy Gosh. about it. And you're sitting here going, what's going to change about it? Like, is this just where it's going to be? I know. It's sad. I like, hope not. No, because it was so easy to get mm-hmm. concert tickets. And now there's such a value for us to get tickets early and to have tickets yeah. to give away. Mm-hmm. Because literally those tickets that we used to give away that would have been like $100 tickets, in some cases are going to be like seven or eight or $900 mm-hmm. tickets. Mm. Which is really wild when you think about it. But some people are flying off to Europe to see concerts based on dynamic ticket prices. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. A big high five goes out today to Dewey Parker. He lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and here's what happened. He realized that there was a fire that was happening at an apartment building, uh, and he noticed that a guy who was on the third floor was having trouble. Uh, The guy was having trouble breathing because of the smoke, and uh, the guy who he saw had an inhaler in his hand and couldn't even stand up. So Dewey Parker, who realizes, hey, the people aren't here yet. The firefighters, the MTs, they're not here yet. What should I do? He says his adrenaline took over. And somehow he was able to scale up to the third floor because of balconies and get in and rescue the guy who was having trouble. Uh, When the firefighters got there, they were able to get the fire under control. And the great news is, is the man who was having the asthma attack is going to be okay. Mm. But it's all because of the quick thinking and the bravery of Dewey Parker. So here's to you, Dewey Parker. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. And today's High Five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is March the 22nd. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Kelsey Ballerini. So Kelsey Ballerini is headed to Arkansas. She'll be here next month with Kenny Chesney. The date is April 22nd, Simmons Bank Arena, North Little Rock. I bet Kelsey's doing all kinds of stuff. She's been out on tour and she's releasing stuff and music mm-hmm. and poetry books and all this different kind of stuff. And Kelsey did an interview with the New York Times where she says her ultimate goal is to be a crossover artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey looks at people like Shania Twain, who was her hero growing up. She looks at Taylor Swift and she realizes that she believes that could be something that she could do. Oh yeah. Uh, she says in the New York Times article that she wants to play big arenas. She wants to be the main draw. She wants all the pyrotechnics, and she wants to cross over at some point. Uh, Kelsey also says that she grew up listening to Top 40 music because her mom liked it. Yeah. So it's kind of like where her uh, her heart was rooted early on. Kelsey's most recent single is called If You Go Down, I'm Going Down Too. All those names that we don't ever speak of, gotta 
Kelsey Ballerini wants to cross over to pop music as well. We have country music news today on Parker McCullough. Tennessee and Kentucky cause you So Parker McCollum's been announced as this year's official pre-race performer at the Nashville Super Speedway event just before the Ally 400, which is scheduled for Sunday, June 25th. Parker says he's honored, especially since he's always big, a big been a big fan of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he'll play his newest single because, Brandon, it's so fitting. It's called Speed. Oh, yeah. Parker McCollum and his next album, Never Enough, comes out May 12th. And country music news today on the CMT Music Awards, which happened coming up on April the 2nd. Uh, We already know it's going to be co-hosted by Kelsey Ballerini and Kane Brown. Performers include Lainey Wilson, Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Carly Pierce, Cody Johnson, Keith Urban. And they've announced performers now for the Ram Truck Side Stage, which is going to be a part of the CMT Music Awards. This is where some of the younger artists get the chance to perform. Uh, Those artists include Avery Anna. Chapel Hart, Lily Rose, Nate Smith is going to be there. And Megan Maroney is performing as well. So the CMT Music Awards are voted on by the fans, and you can vote right now at vote.cmt.com. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's morning show. Did you know champagne corks kill around 24 people a year, meaning they cause more death than sharks. Are you serious? Yep. So be careful with those corks. What happens? Like they shoot off at you or something Watch out. I guess they hit people in the head. I don't know. That's crazy. Okay. (laughs) Did you know it's legal to be buried at the... At sea in the U.S., the body needs to be wrapped in some sheets, weighed down, and thrown off a boat at least three miles from shore. You know, there's probably some people who hear that who probably don't need to hear that, that it's okay yeah, to do that. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> and did you know, UB40 had a really big hit in the 80s with this song. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember it. But did you know that Red Red Wine was originally recorded by Neil Diamond. What? Yep. This Neil? Yep. Touching you. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning.
So there's a neighborhood in Los Angeles that's having an issue. The issue is, is that food is showing up randomly at people's homes. So evidently, like Uber Eats has been delivering in overtime, uh, going to these different homes, and nobody's ordering the food. But somehow, these orders are being processed and then taken to these neighborhoods. And there's some homes that have received something like 30 free meals. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish that was me. No joke. (laughs) Our number one expense in the month is probably not mortgage. Mm -hmm. It's food. Uh, But it's kind of wild because I remember as a kid where this was a good trick. What do you mean? Tell me you've done this before. What are you talking about? Where you've had food delivered to somebody who didn't order it? No, Brandon. You've never done that? No. I thought they just did that in the movies. No, we did this in real life. I remember I was at my friend's house and we would order like pizzas. And back then, I guess you had to pay by cash or check, right? Was this one of the the instances you were with your imaginary friend, Joe? He's a real person. Mm -hmm. He's a real person. saying that. No, so me and Joe, we would order the pizza. You know, when I think about it, we got in a lot of trouble. He was also the guy who had the fake notes with oh. uh, Porky's for him. Uh, but so we would order the pizza, and back then you had to pay, like, when the when the driver got there. You didn't pay in advance on a card or something like that, right? So we would order the pizza Gosh. to the people across the street, and we would wait to watch the pizza delivery guy drive up. <laughs> and he'd walk up there to the door with so these pizzas stupid. in hand. And the person across the street was like... Uh, I didn't order any pizza, oh and we'd gosh. be peeking through the blinds Dying. watching. Yeah, because it was hilarious. Oh, we did gosh. that multiple different times, and this is in a time before caller ID was a deal. Well, it's a time when people were trusted. Can you imagine oh. trusting someone to not pay over the phone, and you get there, and you think they're going to hand you money? Not today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't happen today. Yeah, but you were the guy... That would cause that horrible, terrible, awkward situation for the pizza person <laughs> and the person that didn't pay. Like, well, what do we do? And then the pizza pizza guy has to go back to his boss and say, "It." They said he didn't. They didn't order it. Or the guy who ordered the, or the guy at the house could have just said, "Hey, I'll go ahead and take the pizzas." I don't think I don't think that ever you don't think that happened. happened. No, we did that. Uh, we did that multiple different times, and Brandon. it was always funny. And it was always the same house. I can still picture us. In his room, looking across the street, watching the pizza guy show up. And we would wait until we saw that car pull up, you know, because they typically would have like the thing on the top of it. We actually have your neighbor here, Mr. Nelson. No. Come on in, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> he might punch me in the face today. Yeah. Let's be careful of that. Brandon Baxter in the morning. It's going to be nice and warm today. Temperatures right around 70. It's going to beat the 40s we've had the last couple of days. Well, that's good. Hey, you had me research something about a movie. Porkies. You had me research, and I yeah. figured something out. Why are you so caught up on this movie? I'm. You asked me to research it, Brandon. I'm no, not caught up on you this keep movie. Bringing this, I brought it up one time. You brought it up yesterday. yesterday and all of a sudden, no. you're bringing it up every time we speak. You if you're just the, now listening today, guys, he has already talked about this this I hour. I have not. That is not true. Oh, the podcast. The podcast so, will mm-hmm. prove you right. Right. So you keep saying <laughs> that Porky's was based in the movie. Well, number one, you keep saying you've seen the movie because you rented it multiple times with a fake note. No, yeah, my friend Joe wrote the note. Mm-hmm. My friend Joe, the same guy who we used to order the pizza. Yeah, your imaginary friend. You know, we, me and Joe, we could have wrote a book. Yeah, I'm sure you. Me still and my can. imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you keep saying that Porky's was based on in the movie about a barbecue restaurant. Well, I don't remember it, but I remember like for whatever reason, I think I remember the scene like it was like an older building and there's like barbecue. I think is why they were there. Listen, I know that would make sense, right? Well, yeah, it would make sense, but that's Pork. not that. 
that's not what it was about. It wasn't about a barbecue place. It was Are about you sure? no, it was about a um a dance facility. Oh, like a dance hall. That's what I was probably picturing. More like a club. Oh, a dance club. Yeah. Where all the girls in the club getting tipsy. Yes. So uh it was a dance club. Okay. Yes. That's what Porky's was based on. It wasn't based on barbecue. Well, that's yes. Huh. I don't now, remember that now, part. Yeah, isn't that funny how you don't remember that part? Only a couple parts I remember. Okay. You are an you're an idiot. What? No. The opening credits. Okay. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A 39-year-old man in Florida named Ortilio Alfonso was arrested when police responded to a residence after a 911 hang-up. When they arrived, they found a woman with pizza sauce across the left side of her face and all over her shirt. The report said that there was also remnants of pizza in her hair and ear area. Mm. Ortilio admitted to slapping his wife with a slice of pizza during an argument about disciplining their son. Oh, no. Maybe he wanted to spank the son with a breadstick and she wouldn't allow it. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, no, no. Well, Ortilio was arrested for misdemeanor battery and it sounds like the wife is okay. It's kind of like, what's a dealio, Ortilio? Okay. I don't even understand why you do And that. speaking of slapping someone with a piece of pizza, what's the difference between pizza and my pizza jokes? What's the difference between pizza and Kelly's pizza jokes? My pizza jokes can't be topped. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oof. And there's even more proof Oof. that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Happy yeah. birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Well, 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 time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, March 22nd of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Waylon Manlove of Strawberry, who turns six years old today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Waylon. Happy birthday goes out to Rachel Hogue. Of Conway, who celebrates today. April Firestone of Harrisburg is celebrating. Linda Brown in Russellville has a birthday today. What about Judy Ann Brock of Tuckerman, who celebrates today? We have Gene Owens in Wynn, who celebrates love from Tommy and Hannah, Matt, and the family. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say... Happy birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday today to Tyler Oakley. He's 34. He's got nearly 7 million subscribers to his YouTube channel, which has well over half a billion views. Oh my gosh. Big time YouTuber. Yeah. So happy birthday to Tyler Oakley. Happy birthday to Reese Witherspoon. She's 47 today. Of course, she has been in and produced Big Little Lies. She was June Carter in... um, our June Carter Cash and Walk the Line, and also, of course, Elle Woods in the Legally Blonde movies. What was that movie where she was dating that guy, and he was like he was like a country guy? Because she was really good in that movie. Are you talking about the one June Carter? No, no, no. I know that one. But she it was like a when she was little. No, she was an adult. Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, that's a good one. Okay. I've seen that one. All right. Yeah. So all happy right. birthday to right, Reese all right, all right, all right. Witherspoon. It's Josh Lucas. Oh, it's happy not Matthew birth- McConaughey. No. 
Oh my gosh. You can't say you've seen something I've when you don't it. even get the actor right. I don't know. Happy birthday to Kelly S. Williams, who is 47. That was Laura Winslow on <laughs> Family Matters. Yeah. Keegan Michael Key is 52 today from Key and Peel. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Matthew Modine, who is 64. That's Martin Brenner on Stranger Things. And happy birthday today to William Shatner, yeah. Captain Kirk from Star Trek. He's 92 today. Is he really? Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, William Shatner, <laughs> who turns 92 today. Mm. Happy birthday, Willie. Okay. Hope you have a good one. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So there's a deal out I was reading that was talking about answers uh, the, or questions that we rarely ever answer honestly. No, we're not doing this. Why wouldn't we do this? This is because you're going to present this like I'm going to be the first one that answers all these questions honestly. Oh, that, okay. I like that no. idea. No. I wasn't even going to go there, but you just now said that. No, I so just you're saw the look honestly. on your no, face. No, no, Stop trying to psychoanalyze me. That, that, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means either. Exactly. So answer these questions yeah, right. honestly. See? <laughs> but here are questions that people will ask us and we lie to them. Oh, okay. Like when people say, and you kind of alluded to this the other day, when people say, (laughs) hey, how are are you? How are you doing? It's great. Things are great. (laughs) And inside you're like, I want to hurt everyone. Yes. Yes. So so we barely ever answer that one, honestly. Uh How about this one? And Kelly gets this one all the time. Okay. I already don't even like this break. I already know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did somebody pass gas? Yeah, that's typically. It's always me. It is, isn't it's it? It's not like someone's going to go, oh, I'm so sorry. It was me. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, other questions that we rarely ever answer, honestly. How much alcohol do you drink in a week? <laughs> oh. oh, I just socially drink. I might have a couple of beers every 15 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> they say, uh, how much do you weigh is another one that people don't answer honestly very much. Yeah. How many people have you um, talked to, mm-hmm. called, hung out with? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't answer that one, honestly, most of the time. Yeah, I would, I would assume that. How about the question, are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> no one ever answers that question correctly. And Actually, he, there are probably some. No, most of the time, no. Well, there's it, some that'll go, Yes. Yeah, but typically, we especially typically, it is. I'm fine. Yeah, it's going to be that. And somebody shuts down. You have to go digging in. Then it causes more of an argument. Then you argue more. Man, you sound so experienced. I'm just speaking from somebody who told me this. And another question that we rarely ever answer honestly is, "Hey, did you get my message?" Oh, I can do this perfect because I'll just imitate you. Okay. Oh, gosh. No. Uh, let me. Gosh. <laughs> there, you know, I did just get a new phone. There has been some weird stuff. What What was it? I'm mm. sorry. Who, mm-hmm. You've never seen me do that. Brandon Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> it was dead on, wasn't it? I got to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man who the movie Porky's was based on. <laughs> He's the one that makes you feel. He's the one that makes you feel. He's going to be your... Frankenstein. Dr. Shane's Bites! 
Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Shane's Bites. He is the dean of the NYIT <laughs> College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Shane Spites. Good morning, Doc. Wow. That, that was a flashback there. I don't know that I, that was a, I don't even want to tell you the graphic that, that conjured up my head when you oh, said Oh, Brandon knows. <laughs> that was Golly. Like, yeah, that was something random that Kelly brought up on Brandon, the show yesterday. such a liar. <laughs> and he knows it. That's why no, he's laughing. So me and my best friend, Joe, from when we were kids, I remember us going and renting that movie and he made a fake note. He wrote a fake note. Uh, that we then took, it was supposed to be from his mom that allowed us to rent that movie because I guess it was trendy or something in the early 80s. Oh, yeah. And anytime oh, yeah. Brandon. Did that work? Yeah, anytime Brandon yeah. did something bad, his friend Joe happened to come around. <laughs> Alter ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all had friends like that. Yeah. Up. <laughs> hey, but do you remember that, that movie being a thing? Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember it being a big thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's crazy. So we, we come to yeah. Dr. Spites and we talk about different things that are kind of impacting the medical community. We become smarter. And really, we started this uh, because of COVID and the pandemic and all that different stuff. And and here we are because so many people enjoy hearing what's going on in the medical uh, medical community and how we can be more healthy and do better in life. So uh, what do you have prepped for us this morning? I got a couple of things that I think would be interesting. You know, the first one that actually came to mind, and uh, I meant to talk about this last week, but I think you got me off on some tangent. No surprise. But, um, no. <laughs> daylight saving time. Yeah. So this has been kind of a debate back and forth. And, you know, there's even been like legislation, like I think the state of Arkansas looked at it. Nationally, there's been um, been legislation introduced on saying, hey, maybe we should make this permanent. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And they're actually health. Uh, benefits and things that actually are bad for your health in terms of the move to daylight saving time. And so I thought I'd go ahead and just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, we make a big deal about sleep cycle, and it is so important. As a matter of fact, there was a, a study on kids that just came out in the Journal of Pediatrics that talked about what they did was they tested these kids, and they changed their sleep cycle by just like 39 minutes. Now, I don't know why they picked 39 minutes, mm-hmm. but anyway, they changed their sleep cycles. And they found out that they did worse in school, that they had more behavior problems. And so truly, um, messing up a sleep cycle uh, can throw everybody off. And so, um, but there are health risks associated with whenever we make the jump, when we do the spring forward, because it basically takes takes an hour away from you. It's a big deal for shift workers, but they have found some data that there's an increased risk or an increased number of heart attacks, strokes, um, car accidents. daytime sleepiness, uh, work effectiveness, and things like that. And so from the medical community side, <clears throat> the recommendation would be not to not to adopt daylight savings time, but to adopt the, the standard time, which is the fallback time. Ooh. So, you know, in the, in, the, in the fall, when we fall back an hour, mm-hmm. on the medical side, the thought is, is we should just, once we fall back, we should just stay that way. Because, I mean, I'm sure like you guys, I mean, it's pitch dark. I mean, when you get up in the morning, mm-hmm. like it's been dark even, you know, in the last you know, 20 minutes or so, it's just now starting to, to get light outside. Right. That actually does something for you. And when you look back at the theories on, well, that extra sunlight in the afternoon helps you, it doesn't really make that big of a difference on your health in terms of that extra sunlight. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's interesting when you look at the, the history of it. It actually was first introduced, I think, by Ben Franklin way back in the 1700s, and it was a way to save candles, <laughs> of all things. Oh, and then wow. there was all this. Yeah, there's all this information about energy conservation that kind of perpetuated after that. 
Um, but anyway, I just thought I'd go ahead and mention that from the medical side. Hmm. If we adopted anything permanently, it should be that we adopt the standard time approach. And see, I think most people would, would go the other way. Like if we had what we thought we wanted, mm-hmm. and that would be more daylight after work. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, and, and I, 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 and I could see that. That's kind of that. I'll be honest with you. Before I read the data, mm-hmm. that would have been my thought as well. Is that well, I'm sure we'll just want you know more daytime. But actually, it's the it's the waking up in the morning huh. um, that is the that's the bigger deal. You're you're actually it's more natural for you to wake up when the sunlight hits you oh. when you see the sunlight uh, from a from your circadian rhythm and from a natural biologic clock standpoint. Hey, on sleep, I've I've had a deal, and it's happened to me for years, but I've noticed it happens a little more often now. And I'm wondering if it's caffeine that's making me do this. But you know, I go home and I try to nap. And like what we've been doing lately is we've been going to the gym, and then I nap after the gym. But I'm kind of amped up, you know, because I've had I've had caffeine all morning. Yeah. I do a little bit of pre workout. I have all the good the good vibes after the workout. So I have a little bit more trouble like getting rest in my nap. And sometimes I wake up and I feel like I'm anxious when I wake up. Or there's even been situations where I feel like I'm not asleep, like I'm kind of awake, but I think I am yeah. asleep because I realize it's been like an hour and a half and I've been laying there. What could be causing that? So it, it to be honest with you, it probably is something either in your pre-workout or something that you're doing from the caffeine standpoint. Remember, caffeine, we call it, there, when we talk about drugs, when we talk about any medication that you take, there's something called a half-life. Mm-hmm. And the half-life is how much, uh, how much is, in what time period is 50% of that drug broken down by your body? So 50% of it's gone. So these are really the, the active time period. Caffeine has a half-life of about six hours, oh, which means that it's going to stay in your system. And if you're trying to sleep, it's going to interfere with your ability to get into that REM or that deep sleep. Um, if you're trying to do that anytime within the six-hour period, my guess is, and we could look and see, my guess is your pre-workout has some sort of, uh, of a caffeine or some sort of stimulant in there yeah. because that, you know, like you said, that gets you that kind of amped up at, you know, that, hey, I want to work out, I want to push a little harder. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that's there. That's probably what's interfering with it. And what you described is exactly what most people feel when they just get that light sleep. Yeah. And the problem with the light sleep is, is you until you actually hit that deeper sleep, your body's not really repairing itself, and you're not getting that, that good restorative sleep until you hit that. Um, so there's we have different sleep stages, and until you hit that deeper sleep cycle, you're not really getting the benefit of it, if that makes sense. So if I were to drink, <clears throat> let's just say, four cups of coffee in the morning between 3.30 and 10, and then do a pre-workout that has between 200 and 300 hmm. milligrams of caffeine at 11.30 or 12, are you saying that's a disaster? Hmm. So, so we're, and we're just saying just hypothetically, right? Like just, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah hypothetically. Does this, you know. You know. Yeah. He doesn't actually know. do this. <laughs> just to do this. Yeah. Yeah. There might be an issue there with your ability to sleep or take a nap in the afternoon. But is that unhealthy for me to have that much caffeine going through my body? So when we talk about caffeine, that's um, it's interesting. There's there's pros and cons to caffeine. I'm glad, glad you mentioned that too. There was actually a new article that came out about caffeine, and in terms of caffeine, in some instances, um, can be helpful from um, uh, from a an effect in terms of how we store fat. Basically, it can help break down some fat. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, but the, the here's the deal. Uh, and it actually can help protect against some, uh, for some individuals, type 2 diabetes risks. It can actually help lower body fat hmm. and protect from type 2 diabetes. But it's the amount. Now, and this is true with everything. So, and, and for everybody that's listening, anything that I talk about or I mention, you can do too much of it, you can do too little of it. And so the, the key is finding that sweet spot. Um, it's not that 
caffeine in and of itself is bad. It's not like coffee. Coffee is actually good for you up to a certain amount. Now, drinking coffee at 6 o'clock at night, four or five cups, that's not good for you because that's going to interfere with sleep cycles, and that's not, that's not going to be healthy for you. But having some coffee in the morning is actually a good thing for you. There's good benefits of that. Caffeine's the same way. And caffeine's a naturally occurring compound that we find in, uh, in coca and types of chocolate as well as in, like, uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's the good and the bad. So you just got to kind of be careful about that. But you don't want to take too much caffeine. Uh, because that can start to increase, like, you know, your risk of having an arrhythmia. Maybe your your heart rate goes, you know, too fast. Um, it can increase the risk of blood pressure. Um, and there's certain other um, um, diseases that can be associated with that as well. So I'm assuming that, that pre-workout, because a lot of them have between 150 and 300 <laughs> milligrams of caffeine. And then after, let's say, what's an average cup of coffee going to have? Like almost 100 milligrams. Yeah. So if I've had four, Depending 600, 700 milligrams of caffeine by noon... Probably not good. Yeah. No, probably probably not something you want to be doing on a regular basis. Are you doing that every day? <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, no, Doctor Spice, no. he's not. Yes. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. Don't make me nervous. Go hard, though. go home. Huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. But you know, it, it's it, not it, me uh, making you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> But it makes me feel like, you know, I don't know, you can push a little further. Uh, Doctor Shane Spites joins us. What else you got? Hit me with one more thing. Well. This is really, really interesting, and, and I'm going to be um, <clears throat> I want to be cautious about this because this is not readily available. It's not on the market, but it's really interesting research um, that, and we've talked about some of these things uh, in the past, and so you'll remember this. Over in the UK, over in Europe, they've got this. They're in. They're moving to the next phase of trials on a breath test for pancreatic cancer. Oh wow! And pancreatic cancer, and, and um, probably some of your listeners know somebody that's died from <clears throat> gastric cancer, esophageal cancer, stomach cancer, um, or pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty fatal disease, unfortunately, once it's diagnosed, because there just aren't a lot of symptoms with it mm-hmm. until it's already kind of progressed and it's kind of even expanded outside the pancreas. And so it's a, it's a really horrible cancer, um, and about, it's about 7%, almost 10% of the cancer deaths across the country are pancreatic cancer. And so what this does is um, when the cancer is being formed, um, it leaches um, this toxin into the bloodstream, and the bloodstream picks it up and actually converts it, and you exhale it through your breath. Hmm. Well, this, is, this test would actually pick up on this toxin um, through kind of like a breathalyzer, <clears throat> kind of like a cancer breathalyzer. Um, so that would be real. And if you can't catch it in the early stages of pancreatic cancer, well, that would be a game changer. Oh, yeah. Because if you can catch, just like any cancer, if you catch it early enough, then, you know, we can treat it. We can remove it. Uh, we can give you, uh, uh, you know, chemo or radiation, depending on, you know, uh, where it's located. Um, this is, you know, similar to what I would say in like a colonoscopy when they go in and they see the polyp, which colonoscopies, <clears throat> again, have been a game changer for colon cancer, yeah. to be able to go through and screen for that and really cure it, cure it at the time that you see it. Um, so this would really could really turn around pancreatic cancer. And I say all this because, We've talked before on this show about all the different new types of technology that are um, that are coming out that can identify, you know, whether it be a heart attack early. We talked about the, you know, the, the voice monitor and that mm-hmm. different blood tests, different um, breath tests uh, that can pick up on things that can really change our lives. So these are exciting things. It's not, you know, not ready for prime time yet. It's not sure. out there. Not a tissue you can go pick up at at Walgreens or CVS. But the fact that this is moving forward and this is something on the horizon, I think is pretty exciting. 
Yeah, because I think so many of us have that, you know, we have that fear of cancer. You mm-hmm. think, oh, my gosh, what if we get that at some point? <clears throat> and we know people who have struggled with it. So any type of great uh, research with that is, is obviously good news for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, um, you know, we. I, I always kind of go to the – there's two sides of it. I've always uh, told you guys this before. We live in an amazing country. We do amazing things. I think uh, this is just on my personal side. We do a really good job at what we call disease care, mm-hmm. which is taking care of people that are sick, taking care of people that have, have diseases. We don't do as good a job as we could on health care side. And what I mean by that is basically preventing disease and keeping people healthy. And so hopefully things like when we talk about diet, we talk about exercise, we talk about sleep cycles, we talk about mental health, those are all the things that can set you up to be healthier and reduce your risk of the diseases that um, that we see so commonly, whether it be a cancer, whether it be um, you know something with cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things that really kind of plague our our generations now um, that we that we deal with a lot that I see in the clinic all the time that we see in the you know ERs and the, and the hospitals and things like that. Remember, a lot of those different diseases, seventy five to eighty five percent, depending on the study you read. Many of those are preventable if wow. we'll just do the right thing. So, you know, I may, I give you a hard time about your pre-workout. Yeah. The bigger thing is that you're working out. That's the bigger yeah. thing. The bigger thing is that you're – so don't, don't stop doing that for sure. Yeah. It's just wild because so many of us uh, and so many people, we decide we're going to make changes when something goes wrong. We don't do it yeah. beforehand. Oh, now I'm going to have to change everything. Uh, but it's easier if we gradually get to that point. So I think that's one of the things that's so, so awesome about having you on with us is if we can change, you know, a few lives every week. Uh, that's a bit. That's a game changer. It's huge. No, it really is. It, it, I mean, it's a big deal. And and you hit the nail on the head. Is that? And I have patients like this, which is unfortunate. Is like like you said, they wait till they're sick. Mm-hmm. They wait till they have high blood pressure. They wait till they have diabetes. Yeah. They wait till they have, you know, that that first you know heart attack or something like that. And okay, now I'm going to change. Now I'm going to change my diet. Now I'm going to exercise. Had you done that ten or fifteen years or even a year before, <laughs> um, then you might not be in this situation now. And so it's all about that the preventative approach to medicine. We can get more people to to adopt and adapt that. There you go, y'all. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Doctor Feelgood, Doctor Shane Spites. Hey, we appreciate you talking to us even on your spring break, and we'll be back to the regularly scheduled Doctor Spites next week. <laughs> Guys, hope you have a great week. Hope you get a little bit of maybe beach time, even if it's on your computer screen. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look up some people on the beach. That's what I'm going to okay. do. <laughs> Weird. And, see you, man. Have a good week. Uh, y'all take care. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by someone who Kelly has just dubbed the Volunteer of the Year. She is. <laughs> For every organization, Cassie Wright joins us in studio this morning. As Cassie walked in, I said, so what are we talking about today? Yeah. Because literally, I mean, you're big time into the community and wanting to help people and help animals. And, and it seems like, you know, when I see an event that pops up, somehow your name gets attached mm-hmm. to it and you're helping out. So it's good. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Have you always been like that? Have you always wanted to help? I have. And I always said that if I had the opportunity to where I wasn't working a full-time nine to five job, mm-hmm. like I would, I, that's what I would do. I would fill my time with volunteering. And that's what you've done. And that's what I've done. So now you're working selling real estate, and you're doing all these volunteer deals. Uh, 
Yeah. So I'm not really selling real estate anymore. I'm just more so doing their marketing okay, and gotcha. then trying to get them to volunteer for things. Gotcha. <laughs> so she's like, hey, I can't be the only uh-huh. person volunteering for everything. <laughs> hey, so we, we wanted to talk to you because I've seen a bunch of stuff on social media already, and I wanted to find out more about the uh, Fort Cancer deal that's going to be coming up because Kelly says that we have to be at this. Surprise. Like she's like, we need to be there. This is going to be the young and fun thing to do for the American Cancer Society. Yeah. I think she just told you that she volunteered you this morning, right? Yes, I believe I'm going to be there. Yeah, you are. We are both going to be there. And I'm excited about Uh that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so tell me what I'll be doing (laughs) and why we're doing the event. Well, you'll be having a lot of fun, first of all. Um, It's April 20th. It's a Thursday, and it's going to be at the Fowler's Airplane Hangar, so super cool venue. Oh, yeah. It's I've a- actually seen Bill Clinton there. Oh, really? Yes, I have my picture oh, with Bill. Yeah, that's actually, I've seen him there twice. Was that the same day, Jack? Maybe? I guarantee it, yeah. I think he, he said he rode in the truck with him, and like he was the oh. nicest guy oh. and remembered his name and okay, stuff. Okay, well, now he's mm. going to be jealous because he put his arm around Mr. President Clinton and the Secret Service hid it away. Yes. I touched him on the back. I was going to take a picture with him. And Secret Service literally, bam, hit my hand. I was scared to death. They were warned about you. Yeah. And then the next time I saw him, I think it was at, I'm almost sure it was at the Fowler Hangar. He was like, hey, Brandon. No, I'm like, hey, can can we get my wife in the picture? And he's like. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bet you can. And all of a sudden, I ended up on the outside of the picture, and oh, Leslie yeah. was right there with them. Uh-huh. I can see that. So that is a, that's a very cool venue. So, so this is. event is all about, and this is like, you, you kind of speak my language when I hear it's about, it's about food and beverages. Yes, that is basically all that it's about. That's awesome. Um, so local restaurants are donating small bites. And so when you purchase a ticket, that gets you access to... All of the food. Um, So local restaurants, we're trying to get as many as possible, but they'll be there with kind of like their best bites um, to showcase their food. Mm -hmm. And then there will also be a mixology contest, which is going to be fun. And live music, Greasy Tree is there. Um, And we are, we're working on getting someone else that was quite popular back in the day. Okay. Um, I'm really trying to get my schedule cleared. Yeah. <clears throat> she'll be she'll be clogging out there for us. <laughs> no, but that's neat though. And the idea behind these events is is we know that, you know, we have all these organizations that deserve funds and that need money to be able to operate to take care of people in northeast arkansas but we have to find fun ways to be be able to have these events and to raise money because yeah it's one thing to say hey i I just gave a donation but it's another thing to say hey your donation is going to go for a fun night and it's helping people and with the american cancer society one of the things uh, that they really want to do is they want to try to keep money you know locally in northeast arkansas right Right. They have pushed really hard for that this year, um, for all of that to stay locally. And what you just said is absolutely true. I feel like when people know that their money that they're donating is staying locally and they know exactly what it's going to help, I think that makes a big difference in them you know, deciding whether or not to donate. Sure. So, so the way this money is going to help when we do this event uh, is going to be basically helping cancer patients get to 
uh, their treatments, right? Yes. So, and I'm going to read this because it's 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 long, but okay. um, all of the funds are going to the Arkansas Patient Transportation and Lodging Grant Program. So basically, yes, so it's helping them get to their appointments. Um, it helps with lodging, flights. Um, so the American Cancer Society has awarded $275,500 this wow. year. And just to break that down, that's almost 18,000 car rides to cancer patients in Arkansas. Arkansas and 1,180 nights of stay. Wow, that's great. Because think about, let's say, you know, unfortunately you hear somebody gets diagnosed with cancer and then they can't afford to get there for the treatment. How awful would that be? Oh, yeah, I can't imagine. So to know the American Cancer Society is there and is going to basically help pick up the tab and get people to those treatments, it's a very valuable service. And to think that it's going to be for people in Arkansas who are going through that battle makes this even more of a special event. Right, exactly. So you mentioned uh, mixologists. What what does that entail? Is that what I think it's going to entail? Like we're going to see who can come up with the best things to drink? Yes. Okay. Yes, pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. What t- what time can we start that? <laughs> well, since y'all are volunteering, I would imagine yeah. that y'all can get there a little early <laughs> just to make sure that all of the drinks are up to par. I will need to sample one of everything. Yes. Yeah. So, so are there people, I'm sure you already have some people that are committed to be there as far as restaurants and and stuff like that, right? Yes, we do. Um, We've got several verbal commitments. So, but unfortunately, until I have the form actually signed, (laughs) I cannot mention those, but we have Embassy Suites, uh, we're going to have Hula Hands, um, Brick House, uh, Blue Ember, um, Brickhouse is actually, and they're going to be the official after party. Okay, So that's going to be fun. But what if there's somebody who's listening right now who owns a business, they own a restaurant, and they're like, hey, this is a great way to get in front of people who we haven't exposed our business to yet. Is there still time for for people to come in and say, hey, we're we're a restaurant and we want to be a part of this? Oh, absolutely. We're trying to get everyone confirmed by the end of this week. So I think we're going to try to make the cutoff maybe like Friday afternoon. But yeah, sure. They've still got plenty of time. Oh, Skinny J's is a... Confirmed. I can't leave them out. And they're going to do, they're going to participate in the mixology contest um, with Uncle Taco. Ooh, nice. So if people want to get more information on the event, where can they find more? So we have a Facebook page, uh, Fork Cancer, and there's also a link in there that you can go to to get your tickets. Um, Tickets are $95 right now. Um, And I know that, you know, that can sound a little steep, I guess, probably around around here. Mm -hmm. Um, But People need to remember, first of all, it's going to the American Cancer Society and all of it's, you know, being donated for people in our area. Um, But also it's like all you can eat and all you can drink. (laughs) Sign me up. And it's going to be fun and it's going to be, you know, people that you want to be out in front of. Right. If you're a business person in this Mm -hmm. town, you need to be at events like this where people get out and they have a good time. So Save Lives Fork Cancer. It's going to be happening again on uh, April the 20th at the Fowler Airport Hangar. And we invite you guys to uh, come out there and join us. So 6 to 10, the after party at the Brick House. Mm-hmm. Still looking for some different restaurants who might want to come in, but it's it's the last call. Uh, and again, that Facebook page if people want to find out more. Yep, that's it. All right, Cassie Wright joins us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Miss Greater Jonesboro Outstanding Teen. Sophie Puckett joins us this morning. Sophie, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Hey, we're doing good. Hey, I was I was told by Don Lair to make sure that we do the best interview ever with you because she's known you since you were just a, a little kid. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, and I appreciate her giving me her time on here. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, we wanted to talk to you about uh, the Day of Hope that you're going to be doing on March the 28th. And, and, and when I look at this and I think about this, and I know the reason why I think uh, what you're doing is going to really impress a whole lot of people, tell us why the Day of Hope is happening on March 28th. March 28th is the three-year anniversary of when the tornado came through Jonesboro in the early stages of the the pandemic and destroyed the mall and businesses and even some homes. Thankfully, no one was killed because of our first responders, Region 8 Storm Team, and other emergency responders. Last year, I was able to work with the mayor and his staff to proclaim March 28th as the Day of Hope, and hope stands for helping other people every day. That's awesome. And I think it's cool, you know, when we talk to to young ladies who get into the pageant system and, and, and you know, you guys are looking for ways to, to give back to local communities. And the idea that there were so many people who came together and really I felt like the community mm-hmm. came together in the aftermath of that tornado. And it was just it was neat to see that people were there to help. They were there to help with the cleanup and they were there to help people who were displaced. And the idea that you want to shine the light back on them, I think, is really cool. Yes, because they do so much for our community every day, and sometimes they don't always get that recognition, and I think they really deserve it. No, I think you're right because it's kind of wild. You know, we we obviously told them after the fact, hey, we appreciate what you did. We appreciate what you did. But they're doing stuff like that every single right. day. Every single day, it doesn't necessarily get uh, major media coverage every single day when they're doing that. But uh, do you remember where you were when the tornado impacted uh, the city of Jonesboro? We were actually driving around our neighborhood because we couldn't go very many places because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we were actually one of the things our neighborhood was doing was a bear hunt where they put stuffed animals in windows and it was kind of like a scavenger hunt, mm-hmm. something fun our neighborhood was doing. But then the tornado sirens went off and we had to go back home and it was kind of a scary time. It was. I remember, uh, and I, I lived in a different house than I live in right now, but I remember uh, telling my wife and son, hey, I'm going to run to work. There's a tornado watch or a tornado warning that was about to impact Craighead County in the city of Jonesboro. And my son, you know, he was, uh, I guess he was 10 at the time. He's like, Dad, is there going to be a tornado? And I had told him, oh, no, it's we're going to be fine. You know, this happens all the time. And and then lo and behold, you know, we're on the air live and and that tornado came right over the radio station and impacted just across the highway. And I think it's one of those deals that we'll never forget as people who lived in this community because so many of us drove the city and we saw those sites and places that we would frequent uh, that were just, you know, flipped and torn upside down. And I'll never forget walking out there and seeing what had happened at the mall. So uh, the Day of Hope, again, happens on March the 28th. And Sophie is uh, going to be out there representing uh, Miss Greater Jonesboro Outstanding Teen. Uh, what all is going to be happening on March the 28th? Is there a celebration? How are you going to honor people? Well, last year, Mayor Copenhaver proclaimed March 28th as a Day of Hope, and I was able to secure donations from Southern Confections and Kroger to give to fire stations, the police station, Mayor Copenhaver's office, Family Zinc, Judge Marvin Day, and Valley View teachers for their service to the community. And I'm hoping to get even more donations this year so I can give them to even more helpers. Sophie, how can we help with that? Is there a way as a community that we can either uh, donate or, or help you do that? Yes, if you know anyone who owns 
a business or you work at a business that would like to donate, please contact me at 870-243-3571. Sophie, what's your day look like? I know you have uh, probably you got to run into school in a minute, right? Well, actually, since we're on spring break, oh, I don't have yeah. to, which is nice. <laughs> but hopefully I'll go to some different businesses today and get donations. Hey, what do you like about the pageant system? What made you want to jump into that? Well, one of the cool things is that everybody that competes, every title holder has a community service initiative that they get to share and talk about and use to make an impact in their community leading up to the Miss Arkansas Teen Competition in June. So mine is hope helping other people every day. And I go and encourage others that volunteering and taking advantage of daily opportunities can really make an impact in the community and to Arkansas. I think it's awesome. And every time we talk to somebody who jumps into that uh, Miss Arkansas pageant system, you know, we're impressed by the poise that they have, by the idea that they're, you know, civic oriented Mm -hmm. and community minded. And then, uh, you know, the reason that so many young people do this isn't necessarily what I thought early on. I thought it was all about the crown and the sash. And I realize now that this is the uh, Miss Arkansas scholarship pageant. And so many people are looking to get Mm -hmm. school paid for through those scholarships. Yes, that's one of the awesome things about this organization is that Miss America is the leading scholarship provider for women in America. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of us do it is so we can get school paid for. What's your talent? My talent is tap dance. In June, I will be tap dancing to Blue Suede Shoes by Elvis, and it's something that I really love to do. I've been dancing since I was three, so it's great to be able to do that for a large group of people. Again, Sophie Puckett joins us this morning. She is Miss Greater Jonesboro Outstanding Teen. And the Day of Hope is happening on March the 28th to celebrate the three-year anniversary of the tornado that impacted Jonesboro. Uh, We're going to celebrate the mayor's office, first responders, and the people who made such a difference on that day. And if you want to help, if you have something that you would like to contribute to Sophie's cause, Sophie, give me that number one more time. 870-243-3571. All right, great job this morning, and best of luck on the 28th. Thank you so much. All right, talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by Stephanie Maloney, who is the president of the board of Center Stage Productions. Stephanie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Hey, so tell me about Center Stage Productions and why you are the president of the board. Center Stage Productions is a theater group here in Jonesboro. We were founded in 2017, so this is our fifth year. I'm involved in Center Stage Productions because of the quality of the musicals and the message of the musicals and plays that they bring to the community. Mm-hmm. So in a situation like this, when you first uh, got exposure to Center Stage, what drew you in uh, to want to be a part of them? The passion of the uh, people who are involved in Center Stage Productions. So have you been a part of of productions for a long time, or is this something that's kind of new for you? No, no. I've been a part of Center Stage Productions since it began in 2017 but just from the outside my daughter performed and was a part of some of their productions so when she left for college I wanted to be more involved in the business side of that's my background Mm -hmm. 
of theater. So I was lucky enough to run for president and be be appointed. So was very excited. So it, we're in a real area of growth right now. Sure. So when you're the president of the board, does that mean that that uh, you get to make a lot of the decisions as to, to the performances you guys are going to put together? Yes, that's a collective decision between uh, of the board of directors. We accept submissions from the community, mm-hmm. submissions from our board. We look at you know the financial impact, the community impact, which is very big for us. We want to provide not only entertainment, entertaining musicals, but thought-provoking and, and things that we think the community needs to hear. So auditions are coming up at the end of the month. Uh, it's going to be on the Friday, March 31st, and Saturday, April the 1st for Memphis the Musical. Uh, for people who yes. don't know about that musical, kind of give me, I guess, a brief synopsis of what Memphis the Musical is all about. Thanks. Memphis the Musical, it's inspired by a true story of a DJ, Dewey, who brings um, black music to the radio mm-hmm. in the 50s. So we'll meet him. He wants to change the world. And a black club singer named Felicia, who's ready for her big break. It's an incredible journey for both characters. It's filled with laughter, emotion, and some incredible rock and roll and blues music. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So with the auditions, uh, how many people are, are we looking to cast for this musical? We need 20-plus people. Uh, we have roles for non-singing people, extras, you know, in um, some scenes. We have the need for ensemble dancers, mm-hmm. ensemble singers, background singers, choir singers. Uh, again, non-speaking roles. Um, and we need a diverse cast. So we need um, people of color and white people to come out and audition. Right now, we have had some audition forms already sent in, Mm -hmm. but we're really in need of white males. All right. So, again, the live auditions take place on Friday, March 31st and Saturday, April the 1st at Mm -hmm. Sue's Kitchen Express. So what's that going to look like when people come in to audition? That's a great question. So you can go to our website, www.arkcsp.com, or visit our Facebook page, Center Stage Productions, to download an audition packet. But pretty simply, um, for the singing roles, you'll need to prepare a 16 to 32 bars of pop, gospel, or rock music. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have a live pianist, but you can also bring your own track. We'll have a speaker. Um, we'll give you a side to read uh, if your role requires acting for non-speaking roles. Uh, we want to meet you, so come fill out the form and just tell us why you want to be in the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, dancing roles, if you don't sing, just want to dance, just give us you know a minute of dance. And we ask that you be familiar with Memphis the Musical prior to your audition because it is set in the segregated 1950s. 
So again, the the auditions take place at Sue's Kitchen Express on March 31st and on April the 1st. And then performances, you got to be clear for the performances too, which take place on June the 16th, 17th, 19th, 23rd, and 24th at the Arkansas State Drama Theater. Uh, And again, if we want to find out more about the auditions or we want to find out more about Center Stage Productions in general, hit me with that website and Facebook page one more time. Right. The Facebook page is Center Stage Productions. Our website is www.arkcsp.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best Mm. friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Dr. Reed, good morning, man. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. So Wet Nose Wednesday, we come to Dr. Reed, and he he teaches us things about our animals, our pets, and the, the population and all that kind of stuff. And what do you have for us today? Well, we've been on a roll the last couple of weeks. It seems to be foreign intestinal stomach and intestinal foreign body week. Mm, what's and, happening? Um, this was crazy. Just... Um, Monday, uh, we had a dog that came in that started vomiting this weekend. But when the owners called on Saturday, they said, "Oh, it's you know he's still eating, active, everything." So she picked up some medication for you know just an antiemetic, and so she called Monday and he said he's really gone downhill. Brought him in Monday afternoon and took radiographs and obviously there was something in his in his stomach. It looked like maybe part of the small intestine. So Monday evening, uh, we went did an exploratory surgery and. I've never seen this before, but I could feel part of it in the stomach and part in the duodenum and the, the upper part of the small intestine. And it felt kind of soft. And she did say he does have a history of eating socks. Mm-mm. So I made a little incision in the in the stomach and took some forceps and pulled this uh, object out. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a snake, literally. And when I measured it, it was 21 inches long. Oh, my God. And it was a sock that it, or Kelly would say that's three in dog inches. <laughs> but the, it was a sock that oh um, had had it kind of conformed to the lumen, the di- uh, the, in- the interior diameter of the small intestine. It was cylindrical. Oh. I've never seen a sock that long. You know, I don't know what kind it was, if, or if it just as it got down in the stomach and got into the intestine, and then part of it didn't kind of make that cylinder form, so it couldn't get out of the stomach. So it was just oh. stuck there. And I, you know, I, I try to think how can you know, this is about an 80-pound dog, so it's probably got the esophagus the size of a person would have, you know, or even a little smaller. But how how do you swallow a sock I have and, go all the way to, and go all the way down to, to your stomach? You know, I could see it getting caught in your esophagus, oh. but it's just amazing to me. We had uh, a little chihuahua um, that came in, I think, Friday, uh, Thursday or Friday, that had eaten a chicken bone, and the owners reported uh, the night before that it had eaten chicken bone, and it was choking on it. So when they brought it in, we took a radiograph, and it had all these little bony fragments in the esophagus, like right before it gets into the stomach. And uh, they were, you know, this was a poultry bone. We've always talked about not feeding your dogs turkey or poultry bones because they're very thin-walled and they splinter. Mm-hmm. So this one was referred to the Memphis Specialty Clinic, and they did a... a endoscopy procedure and we're able to retract those pieces of bone and the concern is you know anytime there's any kind of injury to the esophagus lining 
you can get a stricture there. So hopefully this little dog that wasn't in there long enough to cause much damage there. But, you know, it's amazing as I think back of all the foreign bodies I removed. It's not just dogs, it's cats too. We had a cat that came in one time that it uh, it was vomiting, not eating. Took a radiograph and I saw all these kind of wormy looking things in the stomach, you know. And the stomach does have some rugal folds in it, but not like this. So we did an exploratory. This cat had eaten 18 of the elastic ponytail holders. Oh and my gosh! How and and you know cats love those because they're they're kind of springy. They can pick them up and throw them around. They can bat them around. Mm-hmm. And but this cat, I, I can't imagine a cat swallowing eighteen. And of course, they're crazy. all in the stomach and pass out. Oh, um, you know, I've had a diamond engagement ring eaten by a little dog. Oh, um, <laughs> rocks are very rocks are very common. And, you know, you'd much rather have a, uh, if your pet's going to ingest a foreign body, you'd much, much rather it be a discrete foreign body in, instead of something linear like yarn or string or, you know, any kind of uh, li- object that has link to it. Because what happens is it gets out of the stomach and it goes through the intestine. Uh, the, and the intestines have motility and they kind of move back and forth to push the digested food on through. And they do the same thing on this on this linear object, and if it's anchored like in the stomach, it almost like it's that that uh, string or thread or thread or uh, yarn is. It's almost like sawing through the lining of the intestine, and it can actually cause a perforation. Oh gosh! And of course, there's nothing that says "Merry Christmas" like a cat walking through your room with tinsel hanging out of its rectum, and you know we see that a lot with uh, oh, with cats that uh, you know get on the Christmas tree, and of course. You know, you don't want to just pull it out because it could be up in through the colon into the small oh. intestine. And if you pull it, it could do that same sawing motion and and um, damage the lining, even perforate the uh, the GI tract there. So, you know, it's important to to keep, you know, I've always said before, treat your pets like they're toddlers. Right. And you leave things laying around because if they see something there on the floor, you know, their first thing, and a lot of dogs, and cats, first thing is to play with it, and then somehow they get it in their mouth, they swallow it. You know, batteries, uh, these little disc button batteries have become a, a big issue lately. But any kind of battery, if it makes contacts with the uh, gastrointestinal mucosa where both sides, the negative and the positive, are, are in contact with it, you know, it can actually cause burns that will go through the, through the lining of the GI tract, and that can be a very serious situation. So uh, these things are, are very... Uh, you know, they're, the animals are inquisitive by nature, and they see these things that they may not have seen before. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think with Easter coming up, or there's going to be all kinds of Easter baskets, little Easter eggs, and, um, you know, be sure and keep those up, because a lot of times they're, you know, things are hidden for the children to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it hurt a dog to eat a hard-boiled egg, but some of the little plastic eggs and toys, you know, um, they could easily swallow those, and that could lead to, um, you know, a trip to possible surgery and you know that's not what anybody wants to to have happen to their pet no not at all you know it's wild too because that's something uh, interesting that you brought up but one of the deals you talked about last week it's wild how it ended up coming to life for one of our coworkers because we talked to you on Wednesday and by Friday I was at an event at local tire and Lori Cartwright said to me something about Hey, my dog is having problems. I need to go because my dog seems disoriented and it's kind of walking to the side. And 
I told her you and I had just had the discussion on the air about what I think you called vestibular disease. Yes. Her dog, two days later, was going through that exact thing that you told us about. How wild is that? Yeah, you know, it happens. And I, I did happen to follow up with this little dog we talked about last week, and it was doing better and recovered. So, you know, this it's usually in geriatric dogs. So yeah. it's in most cases, if it's just that syndrome, vestibular syndrome, excuse me, they do have a good outcome from it. Yeah, so when Lori was telling me that, I said, this is going to sound like I'm crazy because I don't know much other than what Kevin teaches us. But I said, I think it's probably this. She researched it and realized that I think her dog is like maybe even, did she say, either 13 or 17. Uh, but that's that's what it was, is that was uh, the vestibular deal. So it's pretty crazy that you can bring information like that. And within just a couple of days, somebody that close to us ends up going through the exact situation. Yeah, that is. And then I hope, hopefully it's had a good outcome or it's on the road to recovery. There you go. Y'all, he is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. You can find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, we appreciate you, man. Have a great week. Okay, talk to you next week. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Kelly told me she's going to go home in a minute and watch Porky's, uh, the movie from the 80s. So, Brandon, I would like to say that's you, but it's not because you won't go home and watch it either. Oh, I will watch it. Will you? If my wife leaves. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if Porky's is available on a streaming service. I'm sure it, <laughs> I'm sure it is, is available. Is it as readily available as our podcast? Uh, no, our podcast is way more readily available. Yeah, find the podcast. All you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Well, it's country night on The Masked Singer, so that should be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, Chapter 20 on Disney+, Plus, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, True Lies, A Million Little Things, and Chicago PD. All right, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.